Welcome to another inspirational message by Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Beaumont, Texas. For more information about Church on the Rock and Ron Hammonds Ministries, visit cotr.com. Well, open your Bibles up, okay? We're going to be going here in just a moment uh, to the book of Micah, to the book of Isaiah, and a couple of other places. We're tonight talking about the last days, okay? The last days. You know, Bible prophecy is true, okay? It is true, (laughs) and it is very intriguing to say the least. Often the prophecies in the Bible seem to be shrouded in some type of mystery and and hidden from just the plain view of us reading it and understanding it. But, uh, you know, the the timetables for many of the events that you read in in, in these prophecies, these timetables seem to be a little bit uh, ambiguous and they're really hard to nail down because some prophecies look as though they could have been fulfilled a dozen times already and they still are are, are unfolding, especially prophecies concerning the last days, but nonetheless, people, you know, me, I love to hear about and I love to imagine uh, the last days and the prophecies and all of these things. And so um, even the disciples asked Jesus, uh, tell us what's going to happen in the end of time and happen in the last days, you know, and most of the time uh, people can quote what Jesus uh, basically told them because they normally start out by saying, well, there'll be wars and rumors of wars. Yeah, and Jesus said that, but he said, but yet that's not the end. You know, that's just the last days. And then we look around us and we can see that those things are happening. A considerable portion of the Bible speaks about the last days. And, and uh, um, you know, some scholars have devoted and some preachers and some churches there and some denominations have devoted their whole existence to studying what they believe are the last days. And this evening, it's my hope to shine some common light. Um, on a few well-known prophecies concerning the last days so that we can all better understand when we read the Bible. Because many times when people read the Bible, what they read, when they read through it, uh, you know, they may not uh, you know, readily understand uh, what it's talking about. Okay? Uh, but uh, tonight we will look and hopefully better understand what God meant when he was foretelling us about these last days. And uh, we're going to begin reading from two of the Old Testament prophets. We're going to read a couple of verses from Micah chapter 3, and we're going to read three verses from Isaiah chapter 2. Now, verse 1 of Micah 3, I'm reading from the King James Version Bible tonight. The Bible says, but in the last days, it shall come to pass that the mountains of the house of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountains and it shall be exalted above the hills and people shall flow into it. And many nations shall come and say, come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord and to the house of our, uh, uh, of the God of Jacob. And he will teach us his ways and we will walk in his paths for the law shall go forth from Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Okay, you have that down? Okay. You know, it'll be established. I mean, the house of the Lord will be established and the word will go forth. I mean, wow, that's going to happen in the last days. Now, Isaiah chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. Isaiah says, the word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. Verse 2. And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow into it. And many people shall go and say, come and let us go 
up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us his ways, and we will walk in his paths, for out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Wow. Did anybody notice that those two are there? I didn't read the same one twice. Those two prophecies are exactly the same, almost word for word. Evidently, the last days was a very important topic to God in this particular time. You see, both Micah and Isaiah lived at the same time, as did Hosea and Amos as well, okay? And here in this time, it's about... Let, let's say uh, uh, a little more than 700 years before Christ, about 725 to 730 years before Christ. And here these two men, even though both of these men, Micah and Isaiah, lived in Israel, and both of them even lived in Judah, they lived a world apart. One of them lived in the area that we now know as Gaza, okay, Gath and Gaza, and uh, that's where Micah lived. And, and Isaiah lived in Jerusalem. And these two men living, you know, a, a, a great distance in that day, and in that day, a world apart from the politics that went on in Jerusalem to all the, 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 the matters with, the, with, with, with the, you know, the Philistines and everybody else down in, 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 in Gath and Gaza, it was just a world apart. And yet, both of these men record Something that God said to them about that moment. And not just them, but other two prophets, Hosea and Amos, you know, they chime in as well on these same subjects. It's amazing to me, although it shouldn't be, because I firmly believe that God is always speaking, that God is speaking something, that there is a word for today. There is a truth for today, as the Apostle Paul would say later. There is something that God is wanting today. There's something that God is wanting to say today. And uh, uh, he's saying it. It's like a river of revelation that's flowing, a river of God's uh, of a voice that's flowing constantly. And what we get to do is tap into it. We can tap into that river whenever we get close to God. And, and, and uh, evidently tapping into it, these guys were hearing the same thing. That's why many times whenever I preach something, I say, listen, you're going to hear this same thing preached so many places because this is the day of, of this word. It is a today word. And certainly, you know, we begin to hear it all over the place, all over the nation, around the world, the same word, simply because of what God is doing and the moving of the Holy Spirit. He moves upon, uh, upon everyone. Uh, it's odd to me. In fact, it would, be, it, it would be a great concern to me if we were the only ones saying something. Because when you are the only one, you're probably wrong, okay? Uh, I mean, that's what God even, even said to Elijah. No, I have 7,000 out here. You're not, Elijah felt like he was the only one, but he wasn't. Well, here these men are, 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 are sharing about the last days, 725, 730 years or so before Christ. They are sharing about the last days. 
We're going to take the book of the, this prophecy of Isaiah and we're going to take it apart a little bit so that we can, can, can more readily see what they're talking about. So when we read the word of God, we also can understand perhaps what the word is talking about because so much is in the word of God concerning uh, the last days. Uh, uh, beginning in verse one of Isaiah two again, uh, Isaiah clearly identifies himself uh, as as having seen something. It says, the word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, that's not Amos, this is a different guy, Amos, it was Isaiah's uh, 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 father. What Isaiah saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. You know, this is Isaiah's claim that God showed him something. That, that, that he understood something, that he saw something, that all of a sudden he realized something that he had not realized before. It was a spiritual revelation. He saw something. He understood something. You see, uh, we should believe Isaiah whenever he says that, that, that God showed him something because this is the same guy that a little bit later is going to say, God showed me something else. There's going to come a day when a man named Cyrus is going to become a king and King Cyrus is going to come into Babylon through open gates that will be left open to him, the levied gates. And, 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 and he will, uh, you know, he will uh, help. He will be a, a tool in God's hands and he will cause the rebuilding of Jerusalem and the temple and all and, and send God's people back. I mean, he said, the Lord showed me that. But do you know that was 150 years before Cyrus was even born? Listen, when Isaiah said he saw something, he saw something, okay? Because here, you know, 150 years before, and you know what they did when, when Cyrus grew up? He became king of Persia, and, and whenever he decided he was going to attack Babylon, guess what happened? They left the river gates open one night, and he just rode in and captured them without even a shot. And guess who was there in that city 150 years after Isaiah prophesied? It was a young man named Daniel who, who, who knew the prophecy and no doubt showed it to him and said, I knew you were coming, look. 150 years ago, our prophet said you would be here and he said that you would work for God and he said that you would uh, re help, help rebuild. And so Cyrus said, you know, hey, I decree the rebuilding of, of the temple and he sent Ezra and Nehemiah, you know, uh, as a result, they went back. Isn't that amazing how God orchestrates all that? Well, here, Amos, uh, excuse me, uh, I, Isaiah is saying, I saw something. It indicates a spiritual awareness that Isaiah recognized that God was showing him something. Like Pastor Ken said a moment ago in, in, in praise and worship, you know, God is always speaking and you might have some encouraging word for someone else. Let me, let me tell you what you need to do. Make sure it's an encouraging word, that it is something that builds up, that's something that uh, uh, strengthens, it's something that encourages, but you might recognize it as your opinion. You might see someone and think, you know, I think that, you know, they should, you know, be encouraged. Let me tell you, that, that sounds more like the Holy Spirit speaking than you imagine. You know, not, not tearing down, not, not giving direction, not saying, I think you should move to, you know, uh, uh, Mexico and, you know, uh, uh, start a coconut grove or something. Don't, nothing weird like that. But, but, but encouraging words that we may feel in our hearts at times is God, you know, provoking us. We become aware of, of someone else needing something, you know, and, and when we're aware, when our heart is pricked, you know, how many times do we stop and help people out of a quickening, out of an awareness? Okay. Isaiah became aware that, 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 that God was showing him something. It was worthy of being recorded that one day that in the last days, 
There's something marvelous going to happen and it's going to exalt uh, this house of God. And the word of God is going to be exalted. It's going to go forth from Jerusalem and it's it's going to reach the world. And he's saying that that, that, that all nations, let's let's, let's read on and say here, uh, verse 2. And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow into it. Do you know Isaiah is saying something that, that, that is heresy at that point? He's saying that, that Israel is not the only one that's going to be blessed in the last days. That all nations are going to get to come to the house of God. All nations are going to get to come and worship God. God is going to exalt his house in such a manner that all nations are going to flow into it, be carried into it as though they were on a river, on a stream, being brought in to the, to the worship of God. Here he's prophesying that Gentiles shall be saved. And brought. I mean, this was, this, this was amazing. In the last days, we're going to see the house of God even open to Gentiles. And they'll flow like a river, like a, like, 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 like a wellspring of water, like, like the Holy Spirit, like the wind. And they'll be brought in to the worship of God. Uh, the last days. When Isaiah and Micah talk about the last days and when... when all the other prophets talk about the last days. They are not talking about the very, very, very end time. That's not, that's not what they're referencing. Okay? The last days is a period. There are only two periods that the prophets talk about. Former days and latter days. Former days and last days, depending what translation you're reading, okay? Only those two periods, okay? So here when he's talking about the last days, he's not talking about the end of time. By the way, neither was Jesus when he talked about wars and rumors of wars in the last days. He said, that's not the end. He was talking about a period of time. Former and latter Former and last. These last days, it's a period of time. The former days, the prophets and, 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 and the New Testament talking about the former days, those were the days that we recognize as Old Testament. Those were the days in which God was sowing seeds in the hearts of men and women and in the earth to bring Messiah, to bring a suffering Messiah to a lost and a hurting world. But from the time of the resurrection until the time of the return of Christ, that's the last days. That's what they're referring to. The last days uh, refers to the time of the spreading of the gospel. You know, uh, the former days brought this suffering Messiah who paid for our sins. But the last days will culminate with this Messiah's return as King of kings and Lord of lords in all of his glory. During uh, the period of these last days, the house of God, what we now know as, as, as church, will be exalted above all the other things during this. And, and, and indeed, we have seen it in this last 2,000 years. And we will yet see it and yet continue to experience it. Uh, even even uh, Jesus said, you know, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. <laughs> all nations. Gentiles shall flow into it and, and, and uh, like, like a river and, and uh, 
you know, not just the Jews, but the Gentiles as well. People from all nations shall be brought to the Lord. The prophet saw people representing all nations, tribes, kindreds, tongues. He saw them in these days being brought to the house of God. Verse 3, and many people shall go and say, come ye and, and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us his ways and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the, uh, of the Lord from Jerusalem. You see, in these last days, there will uh, come mass evangelism. Many will say, come and let us go. Many will, will, will reach out to their friends and their families and, and, and reach out to their communities and, and their state, their nation and other nations. Many will reach out and say, come, come with me and let us go to the house of the Lord and he will teach us his ways. You see, the, 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 the emphasis will be on discipleship. That's what Jesus said in the Great Commission. Go into all the world and, and, and you know, make disciples of all nations and you know, even compelling them and encouraging them and teaching them to observe everything that I've taught you and I'll be with you everywhere and you can reach all nations and all people. See, 700 plus years before Christ, this was on the heart of God. This period that we are enjoying, this church age, this gospel period, these last days, Isaiah said that the word of the Lord would go forth into all the world beginning at Jerusalem. You see how that was fulfilled whenever, you know, the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost. And from that place, the word of the Lord, from Jerusalem, the word of the Lord has gone out to reach all the world. You say, this is what the prophet Isaiah and Micah saw. They saw it. They saw you and me sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. They saw us, you know, almost 3,000 years ago. They looked forward, the Bible says, to an age that would come. You know, of course, we believe in an ultimate fulfillment of the last days when Jesus comes and, and judges the earth and in, and in new heaven and a new earth. But the general fulfillment of this word, we are living the prophecies of the Old Testament. We are living today in these last days. And when you see in the Bible, when you read, and it says last days, the last days, um, or the end of days, or the latter days, then uh, realize that the scriptures are most often and most likely referring to this, uh, these last days. This is a period of time between the resurrection of Christ and his return. It's not talking about the very end when the tribulation and the beast and the antichrist and, uh, you know, it's, it, it, that's not what they're referring to. They're referring to us in these last days. This makes Joel's prophecy easier to understand. You can read it in Joel, the second chapter, beginning in verse 28. But the, the apostle Peter, it was his first message on the day of Pentecost his first message recorded in Acts 2, beginning at verse 16. Uh, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days. That was 2,000 years ago he said this. 
says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams. On my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out of my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. Just what we're encouraging you to do is to is open up your heart and, and say something to someone for God. What would Jesus say to that person if he was standing there? How would he encourage them? How would he build them up? How would he strengthen them? What, what, what good would he have to say to them? I will show wonders in heaven and signs in the earth, uh, heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and, and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. There is a great and awesome day to come. But before that, we are in the last days awaiting the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass in the last days, verse 21 says, that whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Sozo, completely whole, spirit, soul, body, made new, a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things pass away, all things become new, and all things are of God. They'll be reconciled to God if they will just but call up on his name. Whosoever will. What a revelation. Joel was telling us that you don't have to be a Jew to be saved in the last days. Whosoever will, lest at any time he that hath an ear, anyone who would call upon the name of the Lord would be accepted by him and brought in to the house of God in the family of God and there they would find worship and they would you know the last days that makes Joel so much more understandable perhaps you've read Paul's writing as he wrote to Timothy some of the last words Paul said to Timothy in 2nd Timothy chapter 3 verse 1 but this know Timothy know this that in the last days, he's not talking about the very, very end of time. He's talking about what's going on in our world today. In the last days, perilous times will come. Listen, in your lifetime, perilous times will come. Guess what? Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parent, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Wow. People will have a form of godliness, but they will deny God's power. From such people, really, you don't need to be adjoining your heart and your life and your endeavors with people who are living ungodly, evil, wicked, riotous lives. In this day, he's talking to Timothy. Okay? Peter wrote this to us. 2 Peter 3, verse 1. Beloved, I now write to you this second letter, this second epistle. In both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder. He said, Peter said, I, I know I've already told you this, but in both letters, I just want to remind you once again. Just, just, just keep this in your mind. Now, Peter is writing to people in his day. I do not know if Peter ever expected 2,000 years later for us to be reading this. Okay? But inspired here by the Holy Spirit, by the hand of God, Peter is writing as prophetic as Isaiah was. 
And Peter is saying, listen, I want you to be mindful that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets. I want you to be mindful of what Isaiah said. I want you to be mindful of of, of what Micah said. I want you to keep your mind in tune with the prophecies of the Old Testament of what the holy prophets said. I want you also, uh, you know, uh, and, and of the commandment of us. I want you to remember, Peter said, what, what me and the rest of the disciples have told you. He said, uh, I, I, I want you to understand what the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Uh, listen, the things that you have read in the Old Testament, the things you have read in the New Testament, the things that, that those servants of the Lord have taught you, keep your mind full of those things, he says. Please, let me remind you, be mindful of these things, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in your lifetime. In the last days, before the return of Christ, not just before the return of Christ, but between the resurrection and the return, if it's another 10,000 years, we don't know. But I do know this, that in, in this period we live in, you will experience, as, as Peter has said, because the prophets Isaiah said and Micah said and all the other prophets uh, that scoffers will come in the last days walking according to their own lust and saying, where is the promise of God's coming? For since the fathers uh, fell asleep and all things continue as they were from the beginning. You know, in your lifetime, you will hear people say God is dead. God's not really there. Scoffers. People will deny the existence of God or just say, listen, even if he did create something, we haven't heard from him in so long that he's just not, you know, scoffers. He says, verse five, for this, they willfully forget that by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water by which the world that then existed perished being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word are reserved for fire until the judgment and perdition of ungodly men. We are in the last days, but we are not yet at the judgment. We are not yet at the end. And during these last days, uh, people will willfully neglect and willfully forget that God is the one that made the heavens and the earth, that God is the one that that God already destroyed it by water once and is going to destroy it by fire again, but they will willfully put that out of their minds. But Peter wants us to be mindful of these things. Verse eight, but beloved, do not forget this one thing that with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. That means that God doesn't count time like me and you do. Are we in the last days? Yes, we are in your last days for sure. We are in your only days. Hello? That should be sobering. It should sober us to realize that without respect to who we are, how old we will live, how how old we are now, how long we will live, without regard to anything else, we are in our only days. And so it is the last days for us. But it's also the last days that God is talking about. Verse, uh, uh, verse 10. Uh, well, let me, let me um, continue here with uh, uh, verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. But God is long-suffering towards us. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. That's a day. 
It will come. It's not the last days, but it's the day of the Lord. We'll come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with a fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire and the elements will melt with a fervent and heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, we look for a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to the day of the Lord and looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by God living in peace, peace with God, peace with one another living in peace without spot and blameless. Don't be the cause of problems. There is a difference between having a problem and being a problem, okay? He's just saying, stop being a problem. Don't be the problem, okay? You can't help it if you have problems. You really can't help it if people around you cause problems, but don't become the problem. Don't be the problem. He's saying, uh, you be blameless and consider Think about this, the long-suffering, the reason God is patient, the reason God is waiting, the reason God has not already uh, brought judgment and not, uh, God is patient. Why? Consider that the long-suffering of our Lord is, it, it equals salvation. He's doing it so more people can't be saved. He's not willing to any perish, but that all should come to repentance. As also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you. As also in all his epistles, speaking in them of things in which uh, some things are hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction, as they also do the rest of the scriptures. He's saying, listen, you're going to run into people that are going to twist the scriptures, trying to serve their own ideology, their own doctrine. He said they do it. They, 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 they twist up what the apostle Paul said, and they twist up the rest of the Bible too. They're unstable. They're, 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 they're untaught. They're uneducated. They're unlearned. They're unstable. And they can really mess up the word of God. Don't follow them. Realize you need to be at peace with God. You know, we're in the last days. Well, I could go on and on and on with so many more scriptures, but suffice it to say that we are living in the last days. And whenever you read the word of God and you come across this last days or latter days or uh, end of days, realize that it's talking about you and realize that Joel was talking about you, that the Holy Spirit will come upon you so that you can be a witness Without regard to your you know, station of life or age or stage of life or, or, or your gender or, or without regard to your nationality, God has already said through the prophet Isaiah, through the prophet uh, Micah, you know, he also said it through Hosea uh, who lived at the same time. Hosea 6 verse 3, then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. You know, you're going to know if you pursue God, if you pursue God, you will know God. He is going forth, or his going forth is prepared as the morning. He shall come to us. God, this is how you'll know God. He will come to us as the rain, as the, both the latter and the former rain on the earth. That means 
both as the former days and as the last days. We will understand Christ in the Old Testament and the New Testament. He will come to us as the former rain. The former rain was the rain that came just before you planted and just as you were planting the seeds to prepare the ground for the seed. That was the former rain. The latter rain was to prepare the fruit for harvest. You see, the former rains, Jesus, Jesus came in word and in types and shadows all throughout the Old Testament to prepare people to receive that seed of the word of God. But he has come to us in this day for harvest. We are in the latter days. We are in the latter rain. We are in the harvest season. Uh, before was the seed planting. In, in these last days between the resurrection and the return of Christ are days of harvest. They are the days in which people are, are coming from all nations to the house of the Lord and, and they're accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior. We are in the dispensation of the gospel and here we have a chance filled by the Holy Spirit to be those Isaiah and Micah prophesied about saying, come to the house of God. Come with me to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways and we will learn to walk in his paths. And the Bible says they will flow from every nation that's one of the reasons why we not only call out to our family and call out to our friends, that should encourage us to realize that God spoke through Isaiah that you have an anointing on you to invite people to come to the house of God. You have an anointing on you to invite people that you know here or to get on the internet today and invite someone in Bangladesh to go to their local church or to, or to get online and watch and, and, and to come to God and the anointing that is in you. Isaiah knew it was there. Micah knew it was there. Hosea knew it was there. Amos even. Listen to what Amos said. He lived in the same period of time. Behold the days come, Amos 9 13. Saith the Lord, behold the days are coming. This is the Old Testament. These were the former days. This was the, the former rain. This was the seed planting hope. The, the days are coming. The last days are coming. These days are coming, saith the Lord, that the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes, him that soweth seed and the mountains shall drop sweet wine and the hills shall melt. He was speaking the same word saying that there is going to come this abundant harvest season so that you won't even know whenever the planting season ends and the harvest season starts, you will have such abundant fruit. What, what is he talking about? He's not talking about grapes. He's not talking about, you know, a, a, a field peas and, and cantaloupes. He's not talking about, he's talking about souls. He's talking about us. I want you to know tonight that, that all of the Bible has, has focused on this moment for you that you can bring others to Christ. You are anointed and, and the word of the Lord is in you. And, and, and that's what he said the last days. I'll pour my spirit out upon all flesh and maidservants and men servants and sons and daughters. They shall be able to, 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 to take the word of the Lord and encourage people. And the result is whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion, there shall be deliverance. In the church. That's what Zion is in the Old Testament. Zion is the church. In the church, there shall be deliverance and salvation. Well, Jesus said the same thing, okay? Uh, John 4, 35. Jesus told his disciples, do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Jesus said, don't, you know, don't be saying, 
We got to wait. It's not, my friends don't want to come. My family doesn't want to come. My, my, you know, that, that person I'm talking to on the, on, you know, chat room. I don't have chat rooms anymore. Whatever, uh, whatever, you know. Let me tell you, your encouragement is anointed. Don't believe they don't want to. Ask, ask again. Because Jesus says, behold, Jesus, King of kings and Lord of lords, greater than Isaiah, greater than Micah, greater than Hosea, greater than Amos, greater than Paul, greater than Peter, okay? Here the Lord Jesus Christ himself says, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, look at the souls around you, look at the, at, at the men and women you pass in Walmart and Lowe's and, and look around at the plants and look around at the schools and look around on your daily walk in your family, look around, they're ready, their hearts are ripened, they are ready for harvest. Jesus said, behold, the harvest is plentiful. It's the laborers that are few. That's what Jesus said. We are in the latter days, the days of the latter rain, the days of great harvest. And the only harvest days we have and the only harvest days that your neighbors have, the only day of salvation for them has to come in their lifetime. I believe that you have been filled with the Holy Spirit for such a time as this. Amen. Get busy. Invite people to know your God.